Welcome, guys, and oh, sorry, hello, guys, and welcome to episode 46 of the Garage Athlete Show. We've got myself and Daniel joined tonight by Stephen. Um, I'm going to pass you over to Dan now because Dan knows Steve better than I do. He's the yeah, so on the guest, we have a awesome guest. We have the Natty Goat himself, Stephen Manuel, better known as Screamer. Um, he has done some pretty incredible stuff, including, I think he's done a 310-kilo squat, a 225-kilo bench. I think he's deadlifted wow. 360, but he's, you know, he's, he's been a huge name in... British powerlifting for years, uh, as, as well as um, I love that picture. As, oh, as well as uh, stepping onto the bodybuilding stage. Right, yeah, I'm going to fill me water. I'll be two seconds. Yeah, no worries. No worries. We'll do that, but, Probably uh, a bit longer. <laughs> no worries. I had the pleasure of uh, working with Steve a couple of years ago, um, back at the old gym I was in. I got to know him and sort of see what goes into becoming a elite level lifter. But yeah, he's done some. Uh, in terms of powerlifting, he's nearly done it all, I think. Uh, you know, held, held world records, done some pretty amazing stuff. And he's also been a bodybuilder, stepped on stage with him. He's also, you know, very um, honest online, talking about, you know, some of the struggles he's been through mentally. And he's, it's been a great um, sort of honest, sort of fresh look on training, all the stuff that goes with it, how, how you identify yourself with your lifting, which we touched on last week. And uh, sort of transforming away from that. So I think it will be a fun one. It's a big personality, so I think it'll be pretty cool. I was speaking to Steve for a little bit, so I'm looking forward to it myself. I've just followed him on the gram. Those are some big old arms. Yeah, I mean, he's got, he's got what's it, a bad, badger chest. What, do you, what does your mate call your chest? Is it a badger tit chest or something like that? It's a massive right. Chest. Oh, I need headphones. <laughs> But, uh, you know what? Yeah. While I was waiting, I could have been sorting all this shit out, couldn't I? That's <laughs> Absolute monster. <laughs> I do like your pronouns on your bio, mate. Some slash boy. I like that. <laughs> Very good. Oh, of course, yes. We need to get into that as well. Um, also, um, avid flat earth enthusiast. Oh, that was brilliant. I forgot about all of those. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll nice. touch a bit more on that as we go. Just let us know if you can... Can you boys yeah, hear you me? Can just find me. Yes. Excellent. So, Screamer, I was just uh, introducing you um, very, you know, roughly, but I just wanted to give an insight about how, you know, what you've done in powerlifting, what you've done in bodybuilding, uh, what you're currently up to with the um, with your podcast and the project Natty Goat. But then, you know, you uh, recently diagnosed uh, finally with bipolar. Um, yeah. Just how that's, you know, I think one of the things that really stuck out with me is when you call it your superpower. And I just want to, you know, touch on that. With you just have a chat. I mean, can you sort of just introduce yourself? You know, what you've done in lifting. You know, what you're going to do. And you know, there's loads to cover, mate. So we've we've got a good bit of time. So look forward to right. it. Uh, right then, um, I'm Steve Emmanuel. Uh, I was <clears throat> a GB powerlifter. Started powerlifting. In fact, I can't remember when I started powerlifting. It was fucking ages ago. But you know, I represented Great Britain a number of times in classic and equipped powerlifting. Uh, the key highlight of my powerlifting career. I hate saying career because it's not a career. Uh, <laughs> I broke two world records. I had the squat record in the 105 kilo class and the total record in the 105 kilo class. Uh, those were 
331 kilos and 861.5 kilos respectively um in terms of bodybuilding i've done fuck all yet you have done a show though which is still i've done two shows so i qualified for the british championships after my first show i came second to a guy called ben lloyd and he was the beast like I was easily the biggest on stage out of the heavyweights, mm-hmm. shortest easily as well. <laughs> <laughs> Made you look bigger, mate. But, you know, it's just one of those things, just like the conditioning wasn't there and we could probably get into this more into it if, if you want to, but the oh, reason... We will, yeah. Yeah. But the reason, we, like... Uh, I was that, which I federation was that with? It was UKDFBA. So you'll be in a better position now because they've just changed their things to height classes now rather yeah. than weight classes. So, Look how happy he is. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great. Stage and out muscle everyone. I guarantee you'll be in the same class as me as well. I'm just like, Fuck. mate, you know what it is? <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't know a fucking thing about bodybuilding. I just like training. So, like, I yeah. don't know anything about it. Like, that's one. Like, I need to learn a lot more about it. But like, the bipolar needs to take precedence over that right now. Yeah. I need to figure all that shit out. Because yeah. if I don't figure that out, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to achieve anything of what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we quite. Um, I think from sort of no, you know, I only need briefly down the gym, but um, you know, I think it was good to sort of see you and what you've you've been through, and obviously we've been talking. But um, I think it seems to be you're very. Am I right in saying sort of? I think it's kind of that mentality's got you world records, right? It's got you right to right to the very top. Well, yeah, it's a struggle as well, right? Like that's the thing. Like just. And it's one, I think it is one of the um, symptoms of bipolar. Like a lot of people who have bipolar, you just have this ability to be like laser focused on things. Mm-hmm. But like the, but you also have the ability to just be the complete opposite of that as well. So, like, again, like anybody who is listening to this, I don't know a lot about bipolar just yet. I still am figuring all of this shit out. But it's basically for me, I was diagnosed with rapid cycling bipolar. So what that means is it's like you have episodes of mania where like kind of everything feels great. And like you feel like every single decision you make is the best decision in the world. And it's like, this is like, this is the thing that's going to take it to the next level and all that sort of stuff. And the like, and you just feel incredibly happy just all of the time, like nothing brings you down. And for me, that kind of just goes higher and higher and higher and higher. It's kind of like if you imagine like a broken thermostat, like there's nothing keeping that imbalance at all. It's like there's nothing regulating it and keeping it level. And then at some point it just gets too much. And then my brain just kind of just goes. And then I'm depressed for like two, three, four weeks at a time. A lot of the times like I'll just like... When I was living in Liverpool, I was always in like shared accommodations and stuff like that. And I would just stay in my room, not open the blinds, sit in darkness for like three or four weeks at a time and just ignoring everything. And then eventually, like you do pull out of it. But because I didn't know I had bipolar, I didn't really have any coping mechanisms. Like the one coping mechanism that I always had was the gym. And that was probably the worst thing I could do. It's like you need other things, you need hobbies, you need you need to see your friends. And yeah. I didn't want to admit that I was struggling, so I would just kind of just ignore everything. And you know, eventually it would I would come out of it. But then like you, you can't live like that. 
And it just got worse and worse over the years until finally it was like, right, I need to actually start trying to get an answer here. Mm. And I got diagnosed about eight or nine weeks ago, I think, or something like that. Really recently, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been prescribed a mood stabilizer. Like it's it's basically it's anti-seizure medication, what like epileptics would take. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just helping keep everything balanced. And it's like, I haven't missed a session. I haven't missed any of my movements. I haven't missed a set, nothing like that. Like I've been doing, I've been able to like, I've been reading books for fuck's sake. I never used to read. Like, yeah. it's I great. It's, I mean, it's like, do you mind me asking, so how old are you going to? How fucking dare you? No, I'm 32. <laughs> so you are, well, same age as me. So I mean, it's like, you know, that's, that's uh, 32 is, uh, I don't know many who have sought out maybe uh, the right help or that sort of seeked out the answers at 32. I mean, there might be, I'm sure we'll have a lot of listeners who are maybe thinking they're either too old or they just think, oh, I can't, you know, men don't go, you know, I'm a grown man, I can't be going through this. But I think it's what sort of made you think, I, I need to get an answer to this, I need to sort this out. And what made you take those steps to work it out? Well, to be honest with you, mate, I actually tried about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So, like this kind, of, this has been a progressive thing. So like it started off, I just started getting like, so it was like the same kind of intensity of those depression, of those depressive spells, what I'm, what I'm talking about, but it would kind of only happen in the winter. So I thought it was a um, seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. So then I went to the GPs and fucking hell, like, so I told this on another podcast and honestly, like it sounds, it sounds ridiculous, but I promise you this is true. So the way he had his, the way the guy had his office laid out, he had like his desk there, screen, his chair, and he sat me so I could see the screen. So I was describing everything, what was going on. And uh, I just, I asked him about satellites and like, see, and like whether the work and things like that, because like, this was like, they were still pretty new and like, nobody knew anything about mental health back then. Like it's, it's gotten a lot better now and people are going to get all the answers that they need. And that's awesome. Um, I'd still recommend not going to the NHS if you can't go private because mm. just you'll get fucked about I'm telling you um, but I so, I so I asked them like are satellites good like do the work and all this sort of stuff and I watched them google what a satellite was he read a page and then he just goes it just sounds like you need a brighter light bulb mate and then he just wrote me a prescription for antidepressants and then sent me on my way. I was out in wow. 10 or 15 minutes. Wow. So like, so one of the things with um with bipolar, as I said before, it's like, you kind of like, for me, I'm really headstrong. If I think something is wrong, it's wrong. And I'm not going to fucking pursue it. But I think it's right. I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. And I was just like, right, if that's, if that's what I'm going to get, fuck doctors, I'll figure this out myself. Hmm. And it was the worst thing I could have possibly done. So if anybody is listening who has that kind of approach, just get a second opinion. If you can't afford to go private, go to a different GP. Um, but I would recommend just go private wherever you can because they will, like, the better, like, it's in their best interest to give you that diagnosis. Oh, yeah. shit, I need to take my pill two seconds. <laughs> I think it's um, it brings up a story like when my when we uh, found out Natalie was pregnant, like I was suffering with quite a lot of like mental health stuff just because like me and my dad have a bit of a troubled 
relationship he's got some serious mental health issues like basically his mum was pretty like physically abused he grew up in the caribbean so it was not uncommon for them to be beaten like a lot like both emotional and physical like abuse and then he's got a lot of issues because of that and then i was then going oh shit am i going to become my dad when my daughter's born like my worst fear was that somehow like those those traits would kind of like come out of me if that kind of makes sense and I went to my doctor and it was basically if you're not having like a mental breakdown right then it's just like oh you'll be all right you sure you don't want some antidepressants though it's like I'm no I just I want to speak to someone like Mm. I just need somebody to just talk through this stuff with yeah because just putting a pill like yes if there's a hormonal imbalance and things like that then yes I'm 100 percent sure like antidepressants can definitely help but why is it that like a pharmaceutical approach is always the first thing yeah. they go to when there's so many other like talking therapies and stuff like that that's mm-hmm. that's out there the first thing is there's like right here have a pill and they kind of send you on your way sort of thing so mm-hmm. i thought that was interesting yeah. as you said with what you're describing there as well, and again, I have a limited understanding of all this sort of stuff, so don't take this as gospel, but it's like, so what I have is a brain disorder. Like, yeah. I've had this all my life. I was always going to have these issues. But what it sounds like what your dad potentially had, if he didn't have a brain disorder at the start, he still doesn't have a brain disorder, but he might have developed something called borderline personality disorder. Mm. And that is, and one, and like, so I was reading, so basically um, when I actually went to the GPs, like start of 2020 it would have been to try and like actually get these, get, get the answers that I've gotten now. Um, that's what they were telling me that it might be. And it's like that anybody can have borderline personality disorder. And one of the things with that is like the a common background with that is things like emotional abuse, physical abuse from a parent, neglect stuff like that so he might have developed that and with something like that there isn't actually any medication it is just talking therapies that you need yeah so the antidepressants they might have done something like the antidepressants in that case might have just been like putting a fucking plaster over your cut like yeah like it that's it it's it's like any kind of like deeper issue it's not going to get to the root of but it might make you feel better in the short term Mm. then the danger of that is with antidepressants and I was kind of going down this is it's like they'll make you feel better, your body will adjust to them, and then you'll need more. So you'll be on another pill, then it'll be another pill, then it'll be another pill. And it's just like then it becomes really hard to get off them. And if anybody actually wants to read about that, there's a really good book called um, Lost Connections by Johan Hari. And he basically describes that he didn't actually need any medication. He was just fucking like giving them and then he, he, he describes that. I think he says like up to some point he's on like five or six or seven or eight pills a day when really all he needed was just talking, you know. But like, so for me, and, and don't get me wrong, there's people with bipolar who don't actually take any medication and they just have like a good ability with the coping mechanisms. But for me, like right now I'm more than happy to keep taking these pills and my psychiatrist just um, recommended I stay on them for the next two years, like minimum. 
But then after that, it's kind of like, if I use this two years to develop the coping mechanisms that I need, then after that two year period, I might not need the pills as long as I can recognize me triggers and then just be like, right, I'm feeling like this because of this. So I need to do this to make sure that I don't get depressed. But, and that is something that I might, I might consider doing because the medication that I am on, um, if you take, if the dosage is too high or like if you miss a pill, you don't double up because it can be quite toxic to your liver and your kidneys. So I've got to get blood tests every six months and kind of like make sure that everything's good with that. So if things are going, if, if my blood tests come back, okay, I'll keep taking the shit. But then if anything starts coming, if anything starts flagging up, I'll need to reduce my dosage. Like it could just be a, it could just be battles and forwards of the doctors for the neck for the rest of my life. But that's better than what I have been going through over the last ten years. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, it's just just condensed into a nice couple of minutes. But it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's, it's just so much to cover through there, kind of when when you're talking, you know. Yeah. I've, I've been no, I love I, I love it. It's it's an area I think we're all exploring. It's become. <sighs> I think it's interesting there's mental health week as well it's great like you know fantastic but i mean it, it seems like it seems like every other week there's something to do with mental know, health it does doesn't it yeah totally like I mean, we'll t- yeah it, i'm it sure is. like it was about four weeks ago that it was like bipolar day or something like that and then it's it's mate there's just a different like every single day of the calendar yeah, yeah just <laughs> raising awareness for something Yes, totally. It, isn't it funny time. that raising awareness for conditions is actually becoming oversaturated? Everyone's mental health to the point where we need to have oh. a different <laughs> a different thing every single day to like raise awareness for how fucked yeah. up we've all become. <laughs> the best the best solution is to just fucking yeah. blow up the internet. That's the best solution. Yeah, get people talking. <laughs> that's what that's what's yeah, causing all this fucking hell. Yeah, but I, I would love it if you could have like one one screen on, you know, if you're watching down on everything, you have one screen go right. What would life be like? Would all the problems still exist? Are they still there? We just didn't talk about it or know about it, or is it definitely because everyone knows everyone's business and can see each other all yeah. the time? If there's a problem. Like, <laughs> this is so, this is something that I consider quite a lot because I I just I just think weird stuff. So I always kind of think like, were all these mental health issues here before the internet, and like, did we just not know about them? Or have they just escalated because of the way that people go on on social media? Because everyone just wants to show that that they're living the best life on social media, where really most of the time the people who like claim that they're fucking living this best life and this amazing life and everything, they're usually the ones that are struggling the most. Yeah. Yeah. And then the people, and then there's people who are kind of like in a bad place looking at these people thinking oh why can't i just be happy like them whereas in reality they're probably just as fucking fucked up as you i think it's i think it's one of those things like i think that's what the internet when it first came out like as you said it's everybody's looking at everybody's highlight reels but we're also starting to realize there's more and more real people like yourself like get onto social media and go fuck this like i'm not gonna i'm gonna show you my bad days i'm gonna show you when like shit doesn't go right and i'm gonna show you how i deal with it 
because I'm a yeah. human. We're all human and we all make mistakes. We all have bad days. We all make fucking stupid decisions. And it's normal. And it's actually to be accepted and to be celebrated. Whereas everybody just seems yeah. afraid of failure. Everyone seems to be afraid to admit that, you know what? I fucked up. However, I'm going to yeah. deal with it and I'm going to take responsibility for it. Because everyone wants to jump on the internet and blame somebody else. Oh, it's not yeah. my it's somebody well, else. Well, that's the thing, man. Like, like, it's the court of public opinion, isn't it? It's like, if you do something bad, like, doesn't, like, so, have you ever, have you seen a show on um, Netflix called Criminal? Right, it's tremendous. Yeah. I recommend you watch it, right? So basically what it is, is it's like, it's the whole episode, the whole series and every single episode takes place in just the interrogation room of a police station. So it's like the interviewing a suspect and then you've got like the one, like the two way glass or the one way glass or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, and they're basically trying to, trying to solve a crime and it's like in a real time. So it's like, it's like an hour where they're talking through the whole thing. And there's this episode where a guy is accused of raping a colleague, like somebody who he works with. And it turns out at the end of the episode, spoiler alert, if you if you um, are going to watch this, don't know which episode it is. It turns out that it was a false it was a false accusation, and she was trying to do it. She was she basically tried to bet him for a promotion, and then accuse him of rape when she didn't get the promotion. And at the end of the episode, he goes like, "Right, so you're letting me go now, so I'm innocent." He's like, well, no, what we're saying is there's not enough evidence to convict you, so you're not guilty, or something like that. And he's like, right, but could you just answer one thing for me? And he goes into this big, like, story where, like, um, when he, there was, like, his grandma's house was being let out of students, and there was people in this house who were doing drugs or something like that, or accused of selling drugs, and the police came in, turned up the whole thing, damaged all the property and everything, uh, and, the, and they were looking for these drugs. They couldn't find anything. And then when his grandma came back, everything was put back and back to normal. And because she'd been done an injustice and it wasn't her fault and it like, and there was nothing that came of it. So then he's like, right, you, you lot came into my workplace, arrested me, accused me of this horrible thing in front of all my workmates. So now they all think that I'm gonna, that I am a rapist, even though, like, even though I'm not guilty. So are you gonna come and tell all my workmates that that, that, that you were wrong? And then they were like, well, no. So then he's like, well, my life's over now then. Like all my, all my workmates now think that I've done this horrible thing and that's gonna affect, that's gonna affect my life going forwards. And it's like the same kind of thing, the core public opinion. So people will get accused of something. They'll get fucking split in the comment section, and then even if it comes out that it's true, uh, sorry that that it, that it was false, you never hear about it, or like it doesn't get anywhere near as much coverage. Yeah, you know no, I, mean? I, I, I do know what I mean. It's a shit sticks for quite a while. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, mate. 
I, you know, I put my hand up. I am addicted to social media, like literally addicted. Can't, can't get off, and it's something I'm really trying to work on at the moment. Even the... more so right now as well, because yeah. there's fuck all to do. Well, that's it as well. Like, I remember having, I was telling, what was that? I was talking to my missus about something. She's like, God, like, God, you need life. I was like, I literally stopped and says, I don't have life. There's nothing going on. <laughs> like, arguing with this one person on the home gym group forum is the most. Building a life podcast, I was like, right now, I have to sort this. What are we arguing about? Like, oh, oh, I don't know. Probably something about. Oh, I, I, you know, I'll try and remember. There's been that many. <laughs> I've had to sort of take it sounds like me when I was in the flat Earth group. Just... Oh yeah, I, I just saw that on your Instagram there. No, I mean, come on, that that that's that was brilliant. That so tremendous. For those of um, Screamer's an avid uh, flat earth enthusiast and I was. truly believes ha- it's the way for, but uh, it was just pretty, it was just post after post. <laughs> Did you get blocked at one point by the group? Yeah, I get blocked. Oh, yeah, I got blocked. Yeah, but yeah, the like, blocking. I think you just Did, you, just go, did you go in and like, just stir shit up or like what? Well, it was kind of like, well, sorry, it's just but it was like kind of. <laughs> You know, when you get told, just leave it as a kid, like, oh, it's not worth your time, just leave it. Yeah. This was basically an experiment of not leaving it and going straight in. And yeah. right. But it oh. is worth it, though, because it's yeah. fucking hilarious. <laughs> what right. Just right. Just all you've got to do, go on my go on my Instagram profile, and on the highlights, I've actually got, like, screenshots of all the shit that I was putting yeah, in there, just, just taking the piss out of them for with. Oh, it was God. so much fun. But basically, like, what, what I didn't like about that group was, right, basically all the rules that they had in that Flat Earth group only applied to the people who slated Flat Earth. So it was like, be respectful to others. Like, don't swear at other people. Don't call other people names and everything. So, like, if I called somebody a fucking idiot, I'd get blocked. But then, like, they would call me a globetard. <laughs> like, <laughs> basically call, like, like that, that that's that, that's that's their retard like do you know what i mean it's like yeah. so how so how can you so how can you call me a retard and get away with it but i can't call you a fucking idiot oh like surely surely retard is actually more offensive than fucking idiot yeah i think so yeah. do you know what i mean and, and it's one of those things just because you've put globe tard doesn't change the fact that you're clearly calling me a retard, does it? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Yeah, you know what I mean? One rule for uh, them. Fucking double us. standards. Absolutely, man. Double standards. So uh, and that's just it's, right it's confirmation bias. Nah, I'm it? So they just wanted yeah. other people that believe the same things as they did. Anybody yeah. comes in with a logical, semi-reasonable argument that's against it, it's just like. Oh, you're just establishment, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> favorite one was when I. My favorite one was when I managed to convince a handful of them that had actually been converted, and I now believe that the Earth was flat. That was my favorite one. It was tremendous. <laughs> and it had like a little hidden message. So, like, I put this big long paragraph as a post, and the start and letter of every sentence, uh, I think, ended up spelling out "fuck you." And then at the bottom was just flat earthers. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. 
Oh, I'm going to go back and watch them when I'm going to say, how, how long did it take for somebody to figure out that that's what it kind of said? Or did they not? Um, I don't, I think, it's like, so a lot of people just, like, didn't buy it. But then there was loads of people who were like, oh, yes, another convert and all this sort of stuff. And then it was only when I screenshotted it and then highlighted all of the letters to show them that I was taking the piss out of them. And then they were just raging at me. <laughs> oh, of course you did, man. So yeah, that's. Uh, uh, I'll tell you so what, I mean, like I'm not on Facebook anymore, but that would be the only thing that got me back on there, just to go back in one of those. End up another troll profile. To come yeah. Flat I'm sure you could find one on Reddit. Me trolling days are behind me now, though. I'm 32. <laughs> I need to grow up. We have pointless arguments in the. The home gym group all the time with stupid people like just um kind of just what doing... kind of arguments can you have in a home gym group oh you would be uh, amazed which, uh, which kit to buy um who gives a fuck <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah I don't get uh, it. this we companies have, have sent me defective kit and now i want a refund i'm gonna i'm gonna uh Leave out all the messages where the company's being like reasonable and just post the ones where I've been a dick to them and they're responding to it because I want to show them up so that then I do get a full refund and I get to keep keep my kit and somebody called him out on it and he got really angry. Fucking assholes. Let me at them. (laughs) I hope hope that person doesn't, I don't think that person listens to the podcast, but if they do, like stop being a dick. Just I hope they do. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. So you can see how screaming went down a storm in British powerlifting because you know it was really you know played the politics, listened to, it, <laughs> quiet, respectful. You know just what the the IPF are known for, right? To be fair though, to, right? To be fair, right? I am actually nice, like. I'm very, res- yeah, I'm very yeah, respectful yeah. at competitions. I like talking to people and all that. It's just don't be a cock. Yeah, no, this that should be a cock. Just don't be a cock. <laughs> like I remember one time. Um, so do you know Jordan McLaughlin in the in British powerlifting? Uh-huh. So he like he became um, kind of like the guy who was running the British powerlifting social media. I don't know if he still is, but he was for a time. And they put one of my videos up and it was a big lift, it was a big PB. And, you know, because I was like bipolar with no medication, I was really excited. And I was like on the video, I was like, yes, fucking get in. (laughs) And then like they told him that they couldn't put the video up because it was just a typical Stephen Manuel post. So then like, like, just because I was just like being me and everything, you know? So then I started calling that person out online for that and everything, you know, but like he didn't need to say that. No, like, they, they didn't, yeah. he didn't need to say that. And if he hadn't have said that, I would have just been sound. But then once that happened, it's almost like whoop, yeah. Whoop, yeah, but I think, I think, yeah. I think the difference with you is when like you know you're you're a, you're a hype lifter. I'm trying to find your world record squat if I can because you know you're, I think it's your bench press that's my favorite when you just <laughs> Bat shit crazy before you lift it. But the difference with you, say, compared to, say, some like, you know, Tony, is that like you're both incredible, ridiculously strong lifters at the peak of their game. But the thing is, you found what works for you. 
So, you know, you say some lifters like to go really quiet. Get in That's not you. You're extrovert. You're banging the walls. You're yeah. going crazy. You know, like um, I've forgotten his name. Uh, Dylan, I've forgotten his surname. Young Dylan guy. Nelson. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that. Kind of but the thing is, it's like you can, t- uh, I think because I've been around a lot of guy, you know, rugby sportsmen, what makes people that kind of, kind of stuff that you can tell the people where Oh, he's frozen. It's, it's a genuine. This is this is just who it's not me at all. So I, I tried it when I was younger. The whole like, yeah, oh, I got worse. It didn't work. But when you see yeah. him, you can see. Look, this is the real deal. This is not. He's not fucking around. So basically, where I'm going is, I, I love seeing you uh, go in that zone and go because I know exactly what you're doing. But then on the flip side, I also love seeing young uh, lifters getting absolutely crazy. You can just tell it's they're doing it because they've seen someone on TV do yeah. it. It's like. Oh, because the thing gets cool when in like, reality I, I appreciate that I look like a fucking idiot doing it. I just needed to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, was it like the strong strongman? No, novice strongman is the absolute perfect arena for all. It's like, ah, ah, ah. it's like yeah. literally nothing happens. Like they just sort of fall over. Like, <laughs> it's honestly terrible. But I'm, I'm going to get that bench press video up and video now because uh, it's a good watch. But just that kind of that hype, that zone you get into. I mean, what, what do you like before you get into that place to, to lift that weight? I mean, where do you go? Do you, I mean, you're not, are you running around like that behind a bodybuilding stage as well? Or? Um, I think I was just dancing about, listening to music, to be honest with you. Uh, that's, kind of what, that's kind of how I do Like, So it's actually interesting. Now that I've got my medication, I don't actually think I will be as hyped. Mm-hmm. Like if I ever come to a big lift, I don't think I'll need to be. And that'll be a good thing because it's fucking exhausting. Yeah, like it's it's exhausting, like proper tiring. When you 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 think you're doing it for nine lifts across like four or five hours in the day, so it's like having to switch on, and then sometimes it's like like at an international, you've got like fifteen to twenty minutes between lifts. Sometimes, like I'll have my first attempt, but there'll be like eighteen people, and it's a minute per lift. The set and the resetting the, like the and the weights and everything, and then the fucking adjusting the rack heights and everything. Like sometimes it literally was 20 to 25, 30 minutes between attempts that's, at that's some long. competitions. And it's like having to always kind of switch on, get aroused. I love that word. Having to, get, having to get having to get yourself aroused, getting yourself erect mentally. And then and then obviously you can't sustain that for the full time. So it's like, you've got to bring yourself down. I'm good at bringing myself back down quickly, but it's just that constant up and down. By the end of the day, you're just exhausted. And that might be why I couldn't hold on to a fucking deadlift to save my life. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you made me laugh, was it? What was your best income with deadlifting? I remember. 3.30 something. 3.30, but I think I remember you telling I've me... Pulled when you- I've pulled yeah. 800 pounds in the well, gym. It. When you've had straps in the gym, you've done yeah. 360. And it's I've done insane. it without straps once as well. I have you. I've done it without I mean, straps once. But anyone that's done powerlifting knows when you talk about deadlift, it's kind of like, you just kind of take what's there. At the, like, especially yeah. at the end of the day, like, you know, if you've been there for hours, I remember my friend, uh, I think my name from Propane, Johnny Watson, he went to Worlds when it was in Sweden, I think. Uh, yeah. No, Finland, Finland. That's where he went. Oh, and Finland. He yeah, and he was just like, uh, he was just like, you you have so long in, like you're saying, so long between. He was like, I think I was lifting at like eleven at night or something crazy like yeah. that. It's just like you've got nothing left when it comes to yeah. it. Like, 
people are not understated. You know, everyone used to there's a big thing when I was uh, banging to powerlifting. It's kind of like you know what you do in the comp and what you do in the gym are two very different things. And it's one of those things I don't think you truly understand until you've competed. Yeah. And and then then it makes sense. So like more often than not, you don't you don't really put your PBs always in comp. Like it's nice to do it, but if you really sort of took it, you, you're going to lift better in the gym. Like comp's got too much stuff going around which, which is mm. why i think it's such a it's i think anyone that's into strength training needs to compete at least once just to get that and see what it's feel you know have some respect for the guys that um do it all the time but um it's just there's so many different variables going on so i think the, even the, the fact you even managed to hold on to a deadlift is you know the credit to itself man but i mean i think when i met you you just got your i think you just got your world record squat and i think yeah i remember that because i think you just sent off your shoe to mike to share, I remember. Yeah, I remember seeing that. But I remember watching that. So that was a pretty, that was pretty special. That one. I mean, this was one of those things, mate. He earned it. Like yeah. before, like before I went to him, I was around about like 70, 87, 90 total, something like that. Hmm. Maybe That's a bit, huge, yeah. maybe a bit less. I can't remember. To be honest with you, but it was just like I'm pretty sure he got me my first eight hundred kilo total. Like going up his programming got me the world record and everything. And you know, you get close with somebody, and it was just like, I don't know how much longer I'm going to do it for. I always want to have something to remember, like the time that we had together. So I was like, and I told, I told Henry in, um, you know, Henry Tosh. Uh, let me look. I I Henry Tosh, he was the, so he, at some point, he was the um, team manager for British Powerlifting. I don't know if he still is. But I remember we were competing together in South Africa in 2014, it would have been. And I told him, like, in fact, I've got the shoes here. So I told him, like, I'm going to keep wearing these shoes until I get the world record. And then he was like, and I remember we were sat on the bus and he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep wearing them shoes until I get the world record. And he was like, that's a bit of a big, a bit of a bold statement. I was like, yeah. I don't know, but I'll fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, got the world record. I haven't wore those shoes since. I knew I wasn't going to wear them again. So I was yeah. like, right, I'm going to send one of them off the mic, and I've got the other one there. No, I love it. For those who don't know, do wins there with the wooden heels are, you know, very coveted palette, and people love them. The design, mate, they're fucking great. Yeah, I, I, you know, I sold one. I kind of regret selling them. They were great shoes. Yeah. Like, mate, the class, just, like, mate, yeah. I got them because they were cheap. That's the reason I got them. Yeah, but they just they just felt right. I did my first cut with them. I was like, oh, I wish I kept them. Now, you know, the proper like clown shoe looking one. Yeah. Like, this is a, this is another thing that like you'll learn about me. It's just like like people get so fucking in depth about training equipment and everything. I'm just like, well, like it's got a whole podcast about it. It's got a fucking <laughs> ra- it's got a raised heel. It's gonna help me squat deeper. That's all I need. I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not fucking taking out a tape measure and fucking no, seeing how much of a how much of a raised heel it is. But the brilliant bit is though is like more often than not, like not all the time. I'd say eight, nine times out of ten, the dudes, girls, dudes that are at the top, they care about the things that are important, not the little shit like that. It's almost like it's not even on the road. They look at you like, why the fuck are you asking me that? Just shit. Yeah. But like, but then when it comes to you know things like program, you know, you saw out, you know, obviously you're you're an incredible athlete already. You were, but then you saw out help from you know Mike Sher. You know, we'll, we'll go into RPE in a second. Um, you know, to help you, so that you know you shifted focus on stuff that's important and not fucking what spec my barbell is or this kind of shit. It was more just right. 
I need to focus on my training. That's the stuff that's going to be better. I'll yeah. smash that out, not worrying about, you know, have I got an SPD belt or not, you know, which I guess, you know, yeah. you would have had one, obviously. But um, yeah, it's just, you'll see this in all walks, especially home gyms, you know, this is a, the, the argument, going back to the argument stuff, it's like, oh, what, what brands you rack? And it's like, oh, I've got a rogue rack. And it's like, ooh. And yeah. It's just like, I mean, I think I, started, I think I remember watching you, was it? You did just repping 260 i think i remember which you know for you probably was quite light at the time but just in front of the rugby team on a freaking i think it was a slightly bent york barbell like just not giving a shit with people literally walking straight in front of you it's like see that's that's the shit that matters doing like, that not all this crap mate, like paralysis by analysis is a real thing yeah i get it I, like I, I i'm just one of those things i just get in just start working like it's what it's just i just don't feel the need to fucking go that in depth on all that sort of stuff and it's like mate i saw somebody post a fucking huge caption on instagram the other day about research into music and all that sort of stuff like just fucking put whatever song you like to listen to on and do your set the, the music arousal how it makes you feel yeah yeah Ooh. i'm with you on there man well Peak song needs to be fucking a hundred beats per minute. <laughs> I like listening. I like listening to Taylor Swift, and I'm gonna fucking squat three hundred kilos easy. Fucking fucking works, man. <laughs> was it Bryce Lewis? Said he squatted his one of his huge ones too. Was it Eye of the Tiger, Katy Perry? And that made me laugh. <laughs> I mean, I know he's big like, into his research. Anything, right? Yeah. One of the coolest things I've ever seen. I went over to watch um, U.S. Raw Nationals one year. And they were letting, like, the athletes select what music they wanted to come out to and live to. Wow. And, like, if I had an opportunity like that, it would just, like, it would be sweet transvestite. Yeah, it would just be right. just the most ridiculous shit that you could ever think of because I don't need it. I don't hear anything. I don't yeah. see anybody. I just, I'm just focused on the bar and that's it. Doesn't yeah. matter. Or be no. like, oh, okay, can we time? I can't lift yet because the beat hasn't dropped yet. Yeah. So just, <laughs> just stand there. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, now we can go. <laughs> yeah, it's but, ridiculous, man. It, it, I mean, it is. It's, I mean, I kind of, I do like training, but I sometimes train with that because, like you say, most times at competition, you don't have control over the music. And if you're living, yeah. you know, they don't do it anymore. They don't really compete anymore, but. You know, uh, you might have competed. Well, I'm sure you have. Uh, Ashington, it's kind of like it's dead quiet. You can hear the fucking fan foot going in the yeah. background. Someone's cough, <laughs> someone's coughing at the front. It's like I'm trying to squat a PB. Like, you know, maybe you should practice with that environment instead of getting the tunes pumping. Maybe, but I still never did. I need, I need my headphones on because I don't have my headphones on. People are going to talk to me. Well, there's another thing as well. It's a very they'll probably still find a way of talking to you anyways <laughs> i come yeah, across like come, such they just a walk dick. up to you and just start talking even your headphones are in and you're just like yeah they do like mate, i don't i don't even take them off anymore now like <laughs> the other day somebody was like asking me a question with my headphones and i went i sound <laughs> yeah, these are actually like welded to his head now yeah yeah like these aren't these aren't coming off for the rest of the night now like uh, yeah, so what what made you decide to transition into kind of like bodybuilding and like did you alter your training or have you continued to train and just put in the same way in terms of like powerlifting but just put some extra accessory stuff in there right so what made me want to do bodybuilding was i don't like having an opinion on things that i haven't tried before 
So like anything to do with bodybuilding, I didn't really, I had an idea of what it was like, but because I hadn't actually experienced it, I didn't want to kind of commit to any, any opinions that I had. So it was like, that was part of it. Um, another part of it was I just liked to have something to train for. I was a bit like, mate, I competed in powerlifting from something like 2006 or seven up until 2016, 2017, something like that. And it was just like 10 years of squatting, bench. Like there's only so many variations you can do with squat, bench press and deadlift. Like powerlifting is boring as fuck. Like I love it. Love training for it, love all of that, but like it's not the sexiest fucking sport in the world, let's be honest. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you do it for the um, that one lift. Um, yeah, I'm having this in my training at the moment. I think I'm going, you know, maybe similar to you for other reasons. Like, my back is it's just fucked, and I'm kind of just like it's now getting to the point where I, I used to relish those hour long sessions where you'd squat five sets and that would be a big session um, <laughs> two hours whereas now i'm kind of like oh it, it, it's it's long and it, it it you know it is boring and it's the same thing you're trying to practice every single time squat squat yeah. squat you know every time you do some uh, we talked about the podcast like some rep work set today you know 12s like high rep high bar stuff all this stuff i'm like oh yeah training can be like varied and fun Who yeah knew, right <laughs> so it's just like it was that really it was just like i wanted to try something new it was something i've always wanted to do and as i say like i didn't want to have any kind of clear-cut opinions on it because i hadn't tried it before um and honestly it was just fun like i just had a lot of fun doing it and like it was just, it was a lot of it was the mental aspect of it because it was like, it was so, it was really like kind of a challenge to see how far I'd come mentally because yeah. I knew that like earlier on, I would have failed miserably on the prep. It would have got to a point where I would have just, the wheels would have fell off and I would have fucked it up because uh, that's what I did. I, I'm the king of self-sabotage. I am the king of self-sabotage. Yeah. And it was just like, right, I'm going to give this a go now because at first it started off, it was going to be a two-hour... I didn't know how long the break was going to be, actually, just but I knew it was going to be a break from powerlifting because me totals were going up, but my placings at Worlds were going down. So I went like second, third, third, fourth, something like that. And it was just like, there's something not right here. And I think I'm just bored of it. And like I just need to try something new. So, yeah, it was kind of like challenging myself in something new, testing to see how far I come mentally, just trying something new, as I say. And um, yeah, just ultimately ended up being really fun. And now I just want to do, now I want to be Mr. Natural Olympia. Fair enough. Um, I think it's really interesting that you've said there that you didn't want to form an opinion about something that you've never tried because. Yeah. There's so many people out there that are so opinionated oh, on so I many subjects that. that it's like, but okay, I, I understand you like this thing, but you don't need to shit on this thing mm -hmm. over here just because you like this thing more. Yeah. And I think it's really, really interesting the, the mental aspect, as you said, that it you had to be at a certain point in your life to kind of deal with the prep. Because I've had now three guys that have all started like prepping with me they get to they've gone through the recomp they go through the gaining phase and they go into that like second diet and they get like four five six weeks into that second diet and it's just like just mentally they're just not there they're just not prepared for it 
and like when you explain to them that like right training food and like it, this is going to take over your life you need to speak to your partner beforehand and let them know that right this is going to take over they take over your life for like a year and they need to be prepared for that and all women say the same thing yep yep that'll be fine until <laughs> it shit hits the fan and you're going to spend too much fucking time in the gym you're spending too much time prepping your food you're not giving me enough attention i don't like yeah. it and Man, yeah. and if it if it went if it went the same way that like I went, fucking hell, I didn't get a boner for about six months. <laughs> honestly, yeah, I like really can fuck with your testosterone levels. Man, honestly, like for a few months before the, before the comp, and then like a few months after, just didn't get a boner. How strict with you were you with your reverse diet? Did you binge back up or did you proper? Oh, I pinched that because I just I couldn't control it. Okay. Like to be honest with you as well. Oh, another thing that I should say as well, I kind of did it on a whim. Right. So <laughs> what, what what ended up happening? Um, I got up to me heaviest at like I was like 115 kilos or something like that, like a proper fat blob. Might have been when I, might I might have even been around about that when I was working at, at FSI, Dan. Like I was a bit of a blob when I first started working there because like my weight fluctuated a lot. I think you just seemed a bit uh... fat. No, not fat. Just, uh, just yourself. You're a bit. You're kind of a bit. I think you've just come back fat. from Liverpool. Yeah, a bit chubby. Um, you know, still handsome as fuck. You know, kind of, kind of, I think you were trying to find. Yeah, I think you're trying to. You almost thought you're trying to find yourself. Yeah, I mean, sorry, this is just my my looking, but it kind of looked like you were trying to just work out you again because I think you come from Liverpool you've been the powerlifter because I think when I've seen you previously then you were fucking reverse man squatting like 800 pounds or something like that and then you come back again um, and then I know you moved on fairly soon <laughs> afterwards but it was um yeah it was just that time in your life when you were kind of in between things yeah like, so like what ended up happening was I was just like I was like ah fuck this right I'm just not going to compete in anything I'm just going to enjoy me training again I'm going to try and write the ship and just get back into shape and everything and then like it, I'd been dieting like slowly over the course of about a year, 18 months, something like that. Mm. And I started looking in like good shape around about February of the year that I competed. And I was just like, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go and do a bodybuilding comp. It's like, I may as well do it now because I'm already in, in decent shape. Mm. And then got in, I got in really good shape in the first competition. But then the time from the first to the second competition, there was just no change because ultimately it was like two years of losing weight and there was just no more tissue to give up. Like, yeah. There was just like, like my body was not giving up any more tissue. It was like, yeah. I went from like, and honestly, and because of the way that I did it, it was like the level of activity that I was doing, like between like into the first competition and into the second competition was just ridiculous. Like at some point I was doing like up to, 15 to 20,000 steps most days and I was doing about 20 to 30 minutes on the step at four times a week and then I'd double that for the second competition and there was just no change just there was nothing else to give so it was like this time around when I go back to prep probably 2023 and I just posted about that today like I've been wanting to, to kind of start prepping next year, but I just think, I just think if I just take that extra year, yeah. really just like 
put on mass where I want to put it on, like I could be very, very good. Like, and Absolutely. it's worth it's Watch one of those things. Mate. I'll be how old will I be? I'm 33 next month. Yeah, 34 then. I'll be like 34 going into 35 or something like that in 2023. And it's just like, that's still not old. No, that's probably your peak in terms of bodybuilding. Yeah, it's still not old. I reckon I can... It's one of those things as well. Like, if I spend this time building up all that muscle and, you know, I don't have to go back to powerlifting training, I can do fun things and everything like that. Like I'll have significantly more muscle for when I do want to go back to powerlifting. Yeah. And yeah, we've I, talked about this. Yeah, we've we've talked about this a lot. Like we think a lot of uh, younger lifters, in particular, powerlifters type. I think Steve knows the kind I'm talking about. Are really missing out on not getting some rep work in, putting some muscle on, getting yeah. some size. Um, uh, we've, we've we've talked about that a lot. Like um, you know, the bigger muscle is a potentially stronger muscle. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, how 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 has your training changed? I mean, how do you you know? Let's let's, let's talk about where you are now, and then maybe what you used to do, because obviously it's like fresh in your memory. So kind of like, right. how how do you train now? What what do you do? Do you do like a bro split? Do you do upper lower? Do you do full? Uh, man, I just know what movements I want to do in the week, and I just do them when I feel like doing them, like. It's kind of I'm letting I'm letting the program dictate itself. So right now I'm in the I'm in week one of like my second block. So I'm so because of my bipolar, I'm trying not to kind of train hard until I feel fucked. I'm trying to take a break preemptively so that I can in that in my thinking I can probably string together more more consistent and more productive training by taking a week off after every third after every third week whereas do before break, do you sorry carry on I lost no no you don't no, you go ask, ask ask away no this this is this is a big thing um are you scheduling deloads instead of being reactive to, the, to them yeah is that what you're saying? so i'm taking so i train three hard weeks right now and then i'm taking a week off not a week off just a week light and the weak light is only on the um, the area that I'm actually focusing on. So at the minute, I'm focusing on quads. So for an example, let's say I start off on four sets per day of quads, and I'm doing like three different movements. So the next week, I'll add a set. That'll be in week two. And then in the week three, I still stick to that same amount of sets. So that will be five sets. But I do uh, metabolite training, so I might go from squats straight into leg extensions. That's my hardest week. And then I take a week off of quads where I drop to like two sets, maybe three sets, drop the loads. But I still work hard on everything else because I'm only really doing like three or four sets. Mm-hmm. So like okay, yeah, yeah. so like total sets for like back and chest, for example, is like eight sets a week right now because I don't really... I'm not that bothered about building up those areas because they're fucking massive as they are. And like... Yeah. It's just going to say, any... when you said you're focusing on quads, I was a bit like, why? Ah, quad, quad sweep. Quad sweep. Quad, quad sweep. sweep. Because when I was squatting, powerlifting, it was like feet wide, toes out. So I've got a pretty good teardrop, but the quad sweep is lacking. So if you notice on my posts now, I'm turning like my feet are basically like this. I'm trying to really build up on that outer quad now 
and trying you, to find you literally out. you can wow. hear don's penis erecting <laughs> <laughs> like i'm really trying to kind of like focus in on like that's what i like about bodybuilding though it's like so powerlifting it's like you just kind of put your feet where you have to to be as strong as possible but now it's like i have to put my feet in a specific place to target a specific area and it's just cool it's cool kind of having that different that different focus because before it was all about how much weight can I get on the bar now it's like how hard can I make this sub-maximal weight yeah it's fucking cool big shift in like just the the mentality when it comes to every single set about like like when I'm squatting now it's not just right bar goes my back I'm moving it from A to B it's right, what's my bar speed? Where am I feeling it? Am I pushing through my heels or am I pushing through my toes? Because if I'm pushing through my heels, it's going to be working my hamstrings more. As if I'm pushing through my toes, it's going to be working my quads more. There's a lot more to it than people kind of realize. And it's not yeah. just grab a weight and move it kind of like from A to B. Mm-hmm. And that's the bit that I found really, really interesting because I came from like a sports performance background and then got into bodybuilding and when because i thought i had pretty decent form and then uh, basically a bodybuilder watched me doing it and was like that's complete shit like oh great thanks <laughs> i've clearly been doing this wrong for the past 12 years that i've been lifting um but nah, I, 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 I liked it i needed it it's one of those where it's like oh okay well that's giving me the pick kicking the balls that i need now to go you know what like revert it back like I dropped my weights by about 50% to relearn the movement patterns again and then kind of built it up from there and now yeah. I can do those same exercises with better form better control and now more weight and then when I look at my photos it's like oh okay that's why I'm bigger because of those things um yeah I think it's it's interesting that you said that coming from kind of like powerlifting to bodybuilding and there's there's that change in there and it's just a little bit more fun and varied um, yeah i love it it's yeah. so much fun so much fun and like it's one of those things as well like one of the things that i wanted to do when i did the first round of competitions because it was like my mentality going into that was if i made it to the world championships i would fucking take it because why wouldn't you but it's like i was I would say I was like kind of 70%. I think I can get there. Like, but for reasons that I told you, like it just wasn't happening. Like there was no more tissue coming off. I didn't qualify and it is what it is, but it was like, I wanted to do it in a way where I could live as much as my life as possible. So it was like, I still try to get to like events. I still like, tried to play with me fucking godson in the park and all that sort of stuff and like still had ice cream I, like all i focused on like in terms of nutrition was protein and fiber i really didn't actually go all that balls deep on the diet um and it was really because it was an experiment to see how far i could get off as little effort as possible not not effort in like like i'm just not going to try but like I know there's things that I could have done to put myself in a better position. But saying that, like I just said, there was no more tissue being given up. So 
had I have given up everything and just went fucking full blinkers on, I'm not going to pay attention to my family. I'm not going to like see me friends. I'm going to neglect work and all that sort of stuff. It really wouldn't have been worth it. Yeah. But because of the approach that I did, I really enjoyed it. And it's like, hmm. I've like, it's one of those things for me now. Like when I go back to doing this next time, I'll still have that as much as I can, but it might just be like, right, so I've got a light week coming up. I'm going to make sure that I fit something in. That's that's like good for me head, a hobby, like seeing me friends, all that sort of stuff. But like for the most part, I will take it seriously. <laughs> Not that I didn't take it seriously the last time, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. it's one of those things though, like, oh, it's just so much fucking fun. <laughs> no, well, that's, a, that's it, man. It's just great to hear having, having fun with your training. It's refreshing. You know, someone that's pushed as hard yeah, as man. you have for as long as you have. I think I think you even started powerlifting when there wasn't a classic. Am I right in saying that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was doing this shit before it was fucking Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back when it was a bunch of fucking weirdos in the yeah. uh, in Gateshead with uh, in fucking equipment. Yeah. Like, it's. Uh, I don't think I ever would have done powerlifting to put the equipment in. Like, right. So, just a quick segue. Those that think equipment is you know it's the cow's way out it's you know pussy's equipment's lifting it for you it's like have you ever seen someone <laughs> hold 300 kilos over their chest like even if i've got a bit of equipment on i am not putting that over my face whereas you guys just seem to do it for fun i was like not cases <laughs> the way i used to think about it was like squats like i've probably got about and i wasn't really that in terms of equipped lifting i wasn't that good because i trained by myself so I had to get my own suit on, put my own wraps on, all that sort of stuff that like I didn't really have. So when I first started off in Gated, I had a team with us. But then when I moved to Liverpool and I was in uni, I trained by myself. Like with athletes from different sports, but like the weren't powerlifters. And I didn't really know what they were doing with it. So I just did it myself. So it was like I had a loose suit and knee wraps and I could still squat like 100 kilos more than what I did raw. And it's like, if you think about it, it's like, I have no right having this weight on my back. Like, I have not put the work in to be able to squat this number, but I'm still going to do it anyway. It's like, you think about like the fucking, like just the level of stress that's putting on your body. Having a hundred kilos more than what you should be having on your back and then going all the way down and all the way up for fucking sets. It's ridiculous. It's a bit insane. Like... Especially, yeah, just like... And you, you see, see some like, people, you see some people getting like 180 kilos out of the fucking squats to and wraps and shit like that, and it's just insane. Yeah, it's kind of like, um... <sighs> it, it, they seem to be really popular now. But where they seem to aid people is guys that aren't necessarily the quickest off the floor, and now all of a sudden, like... Phew, flying mm -hmm. off the floor with these suits on yeah but, you know it's still uh, you know they're still big deadlifters without the suit but it's just crazy to see some of these weights getting thrown about like yeah 800 pounds is now you know an amateur weight and it's like mad it's like it's mad and they, you know there's some night guys doing it as well it's just the standards are just another level but, Man, it's 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 fucking great to see as well though it's just yeah. class to see yeah it's I, meant. I, i've talked about it before where it's like i almost I get it almost makes me feel better knowing that there's people stronger than me. I can't explain it. I think I spent the most of my time as a kid being like, Oh, I've, I've got to be the strongest. I've got to be yeah. the best. I have to be the best. I, I need to be that. Of course, when you go bigger pools, there's better players, there's better than most. But all of a sudden, it's like, 
you know, for me, you know, say if I wanted to pull up, I'm like, someone's done it already, and someone's done it much better than yeah. me, and all that. So I'm just like, it's not that big of a thing. It, it's I think that's mix, just, but... I think that's just getting older as well, though, getting older yeah. and getting more mature. Well, a little bit more mature. A little yeah. bit more mature. To- totally, mate. Yeah. It, it, more it, mature it, than me. Uh, well, I've, 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 mate, I've got I'm fucking a thousand children now since I've since I saw you. I've got twins now, but like I'm still an idiot. Like, yeah, like and he has me. I can barely look after me fucking self. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm still uh, finding my way. Around. But I mean, going back to training quickly. I mean, this is more for me because I know uh, you know Bella powerlifting, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, when you when you're powerlifting training, how did you how did you train? Because I know you been through a few different styles ending up with some rpe training i, I presume you've done percentage work i mean how did you train how did you get it in you know full body that kind of stuff and then you know with you at the moment you're doing that three weeks on one week off is that something mm. you're powerlifting or was it very much more like i'll plow ahead for six nah, weeks? so <laughs> with him um, with powerlifting like before i before i got the mic i kind of just fucking just tried to just train as hard as i possibly could like i would just Constantly run the small off base cycle. Fucking small, <laughs> mate! I swear oh. to God, I want to run that. I want to run that one more time before I die. Me, like, please do. I just, I tried running it once, and I, you know, there's a reason my back's fucked. But like every time I see it pop up on the forum, so I'm thinking trying small off. I always want to hand him that leaflet, you know, like from the Simpsons. Like, so you decided to ruin your life, <laughs> <laughs> mate. I tried to do the whole thing. I try to do the whole small of. I think it's like a 13-week cycle or something like that. And like obviously doing it drug-free, I was never gonna fucking keep up. Yeah. I swear to you, I think I got like I think I got to week seven, I just fucking broke. Like I was just done. But honestly, I want to run small of one more time. Like it's like it's just the craziest fucking thing. Like, yeah, for, for those that any... don't know, you're scoring like it. I mean, it's uh, me. I think I still remember what it is. So to tell, tell us what it's about. I, I, I'm not a hundred percent, not hundred percent on this on the percentages. So I might be off on that. But your first day of squats is four sets of nine. Then your second day is five sets of seven. Your third day is seven sets of five, and your fourth day is ten sets of three. And I think. If I work backwards from the 10 threes, it's 80% or 85% on the 10 threes, 80% on the seven fives, 75% on the second day, and then 70% on the first day. And you add and you add 10 kilos to everything. Um between so week two, you add 10 kilos. Week three, I think it had five kilos, and then it's a week light or something like that. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, if you get through that, you'll probably put about 30 kilos on your max squat. It's stupid. You can't not, right? Can't you? But I've just got it up here on the screen. I'm having a look. Like, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't last. Like, it, well, that's the thing. It doesn't last. It like, doesn't last, but it's fucking great when, it, when you get it. <laughs> I want to run it one more time. So I remember what I used to do. And I didn't do this all of the time, but I would run small of on my squats, small of junior on my bench. And then I would do rack pulls for deadlift and speed deficits with like 60%. That would be like, that would be one of my 
like trading. <laughs> that would be one of my trading blocks. It was fucking great. Yeah, and then I was, so I'd still fit accessory work in as well. Mate, you couldn't run that if you had any form of full-on hard life outside. You know what I mean? It's, it's almost <laughs> like the thing you do when you were young and you had nothing else. I'm to telling do. you, the reason I got through that is because of bipolar. I'm telling you now. Yeah, Anything like that is just you just do stupid shit. I'm telling you, that's the reason I got through that. But then when I got with Mike, it was just really smart. It was like, like because of because I was already at a high level. Like I don't know how he works with his like um, lower level intermediate lifters, but for me, it was pretty much like squat bench deadlifts every day. But it was like done in a, in a smart way. So like I'd work up to a top single at eight. So there was more uh, with the RPE skills. So like, there this was always... kind of where it's, it's quite fast. Well, I use it with my lifters, but it's quite a big thing now that um, I remember yeah. doing a seminar with Mike. It's it's, it's great. Well, there was always like <laughs> always like two or three clear reps on that single. Then you'd come back do like. Sometimes for me, it was only two sets of back off work. Oh really? Like two sets, three sets back off work, depending on what kind of phase I was in. Um, but I was able to get through like a squat bench deadlift day and like. Two hours. And the way like just, just two hours. I'm like, yeah. Well, it's one of those things. I didn't really like sitting around all that much. Like it gets boring. And um just I kind of figured like if I can get through this this quickly, then this is gonna sound stupid because like you don't need conditioning for powerlifting, it's strength work. But it's like it's like I'm gonna be fit for the day. If I can get through an SBD day in like an hour and a half, two hours, I'm going to recover quickly in between lifts and stuff like that. And like you, like you would see some people still blowing out their ass like five minutes later. And I was just like, right, when's the next one? Totally, what are we doing? Totally, totally, man. This is, this, this, this is my great. Same with Strongman. I think because, you know, you had that American football background, that kind of um, do everything in one day background. I had the rugby background and was been relatively fit. Like to me, I was like, why are guys tired? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get the deadlift kind of thing because you're nearly drained, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, come on, guys. Like, this isn't that bad. Like, Fucking hell. You're, <laughs> you're tired. You've just been lying on your back, lifting yeah, a weight up. What's up? What's the crap with that? It's more like, you know, yeah, I mean, there is the, the meme of power. I mean, Don, Don loves this chat. You know, the power is like getting out the deck chair in between sets. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of true. But uh, yeah, no, you're right. But like, yeah, you know, you, so you do like kind of, you know, typical more kind of what you see with a lot of lifting diseases like SPD days, you know, yeah. squat bench together. I mean, maybe a little bit of shoulders. Um, but, you know, would you find as you go into competition, would you sort of ramp it up to go from, say, benching? twice a week to four times a week would, would that ever happen oh mate like my program was like four days sbd work but like each day was a variation so i would have a comp day where i would do just straight barbell but then i might have like a pause day so like a three count pause squat day um three count pause bench day like band bench day like incline close grip it was just like all my it was basically everything was either a comp lift or an assistance lift mm. like it was very little accessory work it was basically choosing lifts that were going to make my comp lift stronger because i already had enough muscle for my weight class all that sort of i didn't really need to do that much accessory work yeah so instead of wasting volume mm. on the accessory work and making it because like 
once you hit that certain point, anything, anything more that you do is only going to take you long. It's only going to make it so that it takes you longer to recover. So it was like, right then. So instead of doing push downs, we're just going to, we're going to work your triceps with an incline close grip bench press. Cause then that is going to have like direct carryover into your bench press. And again, it's like, you're not really like, it's, you're not, it's not wasted effort. Yeah. It's a weird one. Cause I think sometimes I, I, I did a weird experiment on myself where I basically took out all it, like to nearly all accessory work. And I was like, fuck, I'm getting stronger. And I've taken out all this thing. It's like, yeah. I didn't, you don't realize it's volume. Even if, it, if it's small volume, it adds up. So yeah. although you're like, I feel fine. I feel great. I'm kicking it on. It's like, the, the results aren't saying it. Yeah. Like you have to, it, it's, it's a weird place to be in. To almost There's be like, a saying in like bodybuilding training is you want to try and dig a hole you can get out of, not dig yeah. a hole so deep that you get stuck in it. And when you're doing like higher volume work and stuff, it's, it's very, very easy, especially with like single body part splits. I'm not sure if it's the same in um, powerlifting, but people go and hammer, say they're doing like, six exercises or seven exercises on chest the two to three sets each and those each of those sets is like somewhere like 12 to 15 to 20 reps like there's no wonder you need to take five or six days rest in yeah. between before you hit it again because you absolutely buried that muscle yeah whereas as uh Stephen was saying earlier like on the muscle you're trying to grow like you're what six to eight sets working sets so the ones that i'm maintaining like they're like eight to ten sets for the week, like for oh, the week, not week. not, not, not okay. like even a session. Yeah. Like at the minute, I've only got one movement per like per muscle group, pretty much. Mm. Like, and I'm just building. So I'm so uh, kind of trying to think how I can explain this here. So <clears throat> right now that's all just staying the same. So that's like going to be my maintenance sets. Like I would expect to keep hold of the muscle I've got on my chest with those eight to 10 sets on chest. So rather than trying to keep adding volume to that, because I'm not trying to focus on that, it's pointless. I'm trying to work on my quads. So any increase in volume, I want to come from my quad work. Okay. So every week, the quad work gets harder. So as I say, I go from, so week one, I've got a set amount of sets. Week two, I add a set. Then week three, it's the same set, same amount of sets as week two, but every set has a super set. And then, so like, technically, you can double the amount of sets that I'm doing, but like, I'm going straight into it. So it's the same set. Yeah. Like, I'm not recovering and then getting a full set out. I'm going, it's like, it's lightweight because I'm literally going straight up on the squat rack to something else and I'm just fucking pounding out until I can't till I can't extend anymore, you know? And then I'm resting up and I'm going straight in. So I count that as the same set. Some people might not, but I do. <clears throat> but then it's like, and then once I've finished with quads, that'll go back to kind of... Um, Again, like that will be the eight to 10 because then at some point, like I'm going to get joint fatigue. Mm. And it's like, I've got, I get muscular fatigue. Like I'm fucked at the minute. My quads are just hurting. 
And it's like, but it's not me knees that we hurt. It's not me knees that are hurting. It's me quads that are hurting. So I know there's still more to give. I can still, like, I can still squeeze a bit more out of it. But as soon as I start feeling me knees and it's like I'm not having a good time, I'll kind of know, right? It's probably start. It's probably time to actually take that down now. And then I'll have that same approach as what I've just explained, just on a different, just on a different muscle group that I want to work on. Yeah. And then when I go back to the eight to ten sets a week on quads, that'll give the quads and my knees some time to recover, and I should be able to maintain the amount of muscle that I've built because I'm still gonna be working hard. Like all these sets that I'm doing, I'm working up to like one to two reps left in the tank. All good quality sets, you know, all good quality reps in the set, sorry. And it's just like, yeah, like I think that's gonna work. I don't know if it's gonna work, but I think it is. Makes sense. Yeah, like like so when I when I prepped, I took care of my own training. And I just got a friend to just kind of help me out with the nutrition kind of things. And that was just really just like, all he did was just said, right, we'll just take 200 calories off. And I was, and then it was just like, don't be a dickhead. You know what to eat. You know what not to eat. Like, I know all this stuff from coaching myself. And it was just like, I just needed somebody for the accountability more than anything. Yeah. I think that's a big part. We've got to figure if if just having someone to say, I've done it gets you to the end goal instead of you going but I will say this but I will say this though he fucking like the peak week or whatever you call it like yeah I needed him there I I haven't got a fucking clue yeah is it water manipulation all that kind of stuff yeah like I was in contact with him all that kind of stuff I was in contact with him pretty much every day for that and um like we just I think I think we front loaded carbs at the start of the week. Yeah, um, so, so well. te- technique that one. Yeah, what I want to try this time. I'm going to speak to Mike because I'm I'm prepping at the moment, so I'm competing in July or sep- well, July and September. But we fucked up my peak week the first time. Like I did it, I spilled over so bad. Like I look at my photos, I'm like, I just look washed out and like puffy. And then in my second competition I did, which was an untested fed, I was like two or three kilos heavier, but you can literally see like the splits in my quads. You can see yeah. that the skin is just thinner because I'm not as stressed because I knew I wasn't going to place because I'm competing against guys that are on juice. And like, we, we just didn't mess with my sodium. Like, I don't know what he did at that first one, but he, I really pulled water we- in. We didn't touch. We, we we didn't change sodium at all. We just changed water. I kept my sodium the same. I think it was like, I think it was like eight to twelve grams of salt a day, something like that. Right. Something eight, eight to twelve grams of salt a day, or something like that. It was for the whole thing, and it was just water that we fucked with. Didn't change. Yeah. Didn't change sodium. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to mess with sodium yeah. next time. Well, it's one of those things where. If you get it right, it can give you that extra five percent. But if you get it wrong, it can quite easily drop ten to fifteen percent. So See, to me, it, to me, I don't think that's worth it. No, exactly. I don't think it's worth it. But that also might just be because, like, I knew that I was going to be the biggest on stage, and it was just like it kind of was just like that wasn't worth the risk to me because I, like, I had the size anyway. 
which is like me as well. How tall are you? Um, five foot five and three quarters. Okay. No, no. So five foot six and three quarters. My apologies. And you you were competing in you were competing in the um, the heavyweights class. Yeah. I think at that height now you'll be in the 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 shortest class. Yeah. You'll have like. 30 kilos of muscle on everyone in space. It's going to be the under 70 kilos class is probably going to be that height range now. And oh. yeah, you'll be stepping on stage like 20, 30 kilos heavier. So anybody who's <laughs> competing against me in 2023, unlucky. Yeah, I yeah. think 2023 might be this, my year out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this might be the reasons he had some world he had some world record squats. Bear in mind, 105, and that was him di- dieting down to 105. And yeah. but that was because I was a fat bastard, though. Let's face it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. sport specific. I didn't need to be 112 kilos cut into 105, mate. I could have oh. done. I could have done that squat weighing 105 and just I like know, not yeah. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've actually had to convince one of my guys. Uh, he, he's got it's his first comp and he's got um six he, he had six kilos no not six about, about four kilos to lose to make it to 83s which normally i'd say fine but as soon as his first comp i said you know bear in mind what we just said i was like dude let's just take that out of the equation like don't worry yeah. about placing this this could be you could nail it and you could have the best comp ever or we could slightly fuck it up and your performance on the day you know you know what's done wake cuts could say if you just get it even slightly wrong you're tanked and I was yeah. like, let's just take the weight cut out of it. Let's compete. Let's really enjoy it. And then maybe next time we can, you know, worry about thinking about that. But I mean, fucking hell, I, I, I fucked up my, my, you know, powerlifting peak week. That I lost, uh, I lost too much in the last day, and f- mm-hmm. I have never felt so weak on the platform. Like it was embarrassing. It was. I don't know if you've ever had this scrimmage where you kind of, you're in the warm up room, you do one, do a warm up squat, and you just look at the guy handling, and you go, fuck. It was just <laughs> not, not very fun. <laughs> yeah, I've been there before. I think what I think a lot of people actually um underestimate that is like I don't really think like if you if you're in your first even two or three years of powerlifting, I wouldn't cut weight at all. You're so right, mate. Because like you you gotta think like in that last like few like let's say the last three weeks or so if you're really starting to focus on like dropping weight and things like that, that's three weeks of muscle that you're missing out on. And then if you're competing three or four times a year, like you're missing out on 12 or 16 weeks of volume and eating, like that could lead to muscle. Absolutely. I really regret cutting a few times. And I think... I don't see the point in it. Yeah. Like if you're you're not going to win a competition, don't cut. I think I'd almost argue, even if you are going to win the competition, is it a huge, huge competition? And do you have the potential of? I would, I now look back thinking, instead of thinking, oh, yeah, it's great, I won the 120 class, I was like, I wish I didn't cut and lifted the number I wanted to lift. Yeah. I I would rather have come second um, at a local meet with a much bigger total. Like, I mean, you still qualify, wouldn't you? You see, if you hit the qualifying at all. Mate, the funny thing is, I looked at the numbers of the one twenties and the the opens, and in Britain, not Wales, you know, but like in Britain, I was like, they were literally the top ten apart apart from Tony. Like it was literally pretty much neck and neck the one twenties mm-hmm. to the one um, uh, opens. So I was like, it didn't even make a difference. So I was like, well, yeah. that was fun, but you know, we <laughs> learn, hey. Don't we? But um, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's probably where I'm gonna sign off for myself there. Um, just it, it can be going quite yeah. like that. But, um, I need to eat. 
Yeah, you need to eat. Yeah. Uh, I've, you know, I've got to go to bed because I'll be up at five with the kids and all that. But uh, honestly, Steve, it was so good having you on, mate. Like, I really, you know, I know, I hopefully don't enjoy it. I know you would have enjoyed the bodybuilding chat. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, really I love doing on. podcasts. I just come in and just fuck shit up. <laughs> nah, it's, 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 it's good fun, man. But uh, you've got your podcast, right? Yo, I haven't done one for so long. Like, do it. Right, it's the Project Natty Gold podcast, is it? Aye, it's the Project Natty Gold podcast. I got me, I forgot the name of your podcast. Um, aye, Project Natty Gold podcast. Um, again, my Insta handle is Project Natty Gold. And quickly before you do sign off, Project Natty Gold is I'm going to try and, well, yeah, I'm going to try. I'm not going to be that dick. So I want to be Miss Unnatural Olympia. I want to go back to IPF and win an IPF world title. And I also want to do some amateur strongman and get to an amateur strongman world championships as well. We we can make that happen. Yeah. Um, if you, are you still in Shields? Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you, if you want help, uh, the chat or the ways to go to the routes, yeah, I'm, I could, yeah, no problem. We get so I've got I've got new level. That's not too far away from me in Luke's Sunderland. Gym's brilliant. Yeah. And I can also get over to FSI. Yeah, me, 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 Andy will come over at some point. You'll like Andy. He's fucking cool. Oh, cool, man. Uh, yeah, Luke, Luke will keep you right as well. But I mean, if you want some specifics on the natty way of doing it, well, um, yeah, no problem. I can tell you where to go on that. Yeah, I'll just, yeah, I'll just wing it like I always do. You'll wing it and, yeah, wing it, wing it, wing it. I'll just, I'll, I'll just turn, I'll just turn up like and just pre- like the way I see it, I just need to practice the events. I've got the strength, I've got the muscle, I just need to practice the events. Oh, no, mate, totally. I've always had people, I. Uh, if you want to get good at strongman, you need to spend more of your time not doing strongman because yeah. that's the stuff that builds the base. You can do events. I personally only train events in the last four weeks into comp because really, you know, it, it's it's always been something that I'm okay at, like the moving events, the running around, that kind of yeah. stuff. I mean, think you know, I'm terrible overhead, all that shit. But um, I think to be fair for me, though, I could do with a day a week just learning well, we, we we had adam bishop on the podcast and he says he still does a day a week even though he's fired from competition of events because mm-hmm. the way he says it is shit can come up anytime and i need to be yeah. ready whereas he's doing more of a competitive season whereas mm-hmm. you know as amateur it's very much i'll pick that comp i'll do this and that works for him it's a bit more of that but um yeah definitely does. but i think i think you can do it you, you definitely know you can so good luck i've got this medication Right, yeah, chess family's on, lads. That was class. That's no worries. Really enjoyed it, mate. And best of luck. We'll keep in touch. Enjoy the rest right, of the take care. You can't skip a meal now. Oh, I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I've spent my life not skipping meals. That's why I was 115 <laughs> kilos. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, Amazing. dude. Enjoy the rest of the evening. Oh, season a bit, right, boys. Let's go. Take care. Bye.